Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This weekly radio program is brought to you by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We now invite you to stay tuned for our message this morning. Good morning and welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast again. This is Elder David Wise here with you on the program this morning. And we'd like to welcome you and invite you to our churches that support this program, Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. You can go to our website, macedonia-pbc.org, and also Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church on Wolf Road outside Caledonia, Mississippi. And both of our churches meet for worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We also have a joint worship service in Starkville, Mississippi on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. And also messages are live streamed on Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church Facebook page. So be sure and go and like Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church Facebook page to get notifications of live streams both on Wednesday night and also Sunday morning worship is live streamed at Sulphur Springs as well. You can go to our website that supports this program, gospel-of-grace.com and subscribe to our podcast so you get notification on your smartphone and find past messages and maybe find a church that may be closer to you if you're not in the North Mississippi area. Also, go and be sure and download Grace Alone Radio app, a 24-7 Primitive Baptist Christian streaming service with good preaching, singing, scripture reading, and other beneficial content. We're very thankful to have the ability to bring these messages to you through our radio partners and also through the internet and through podcast, and we certainly hope our efforts are beneficial for you, and it's a great blessing to be able to discuss God's Word with you in this way. Today, we would like to continue our thoughts on prayer and how we ought to be praying unto the Lord and growing in our prayer life, so we hope that you can stay tuned with us here on the program today. We'll bring the message right after the song and hope the content can be beneficial and edifying for you this morning.
Welcome again to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. This morning we'd like to look at some examples of prayer. We've been trying to look at the admonitions that we have in Scripture for how we're supposed to approach the Lord in prayer. And throughout that time, we've certainly looked at quite a few examples, but there's so many in Scripture that we haven't had a chance to highlight, and we want to just hit the high points of a couple of these. Certainly, I believe it would be very beneficial for you to do your own study. There are many more. We could spend months looking at all of the examples of prayer, and I would encourage you to do your own study, uh, do a word study on prayer, and look at all of the great examples that we have in the Word of God describing the prayers of the saints, and I believe that you'll be tremendously blessed and encouraged by that. We would like to highlight a couple of those during the program today. So we'd like to begin our examples of prayer in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Here we find Hannah, who is barren, and she has a husband, Elkanah, who has another wife, and Penina has been blessed with children, and Penina is essentially ridiculing her and persecuting her because she is barren, and that's becoming very heavy on Hannah. She's weeping, she's crying, she's really depressed. She's physically overwhelmed and depressed because she doesn't have children, but not just the emotional distress of not having a child, but also the ridicule of her wife rival, Penina. So she goes up with her family to Shiloh to present their annual sacrifice, and she's praying unto the Lord. And we've talked a lot about effectual, fervent prayer, and it says there, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Well, no doubt the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous woman availeth much. Especially something that could be as emotionally distressing as childbearing. We need to present those things unto the Lord. Hannah is so overwhelmed with her lack of happiness having a child. She's weeping. She's in grief. And she goes up there to Shiloh and she's praying. In verse 10, she's in bitterness of soul and she prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a child, I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life and there shall no razor come upon him. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth because Hannah spake in her heart, but only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. And he said, why are you being drunken? And she says in verse 15, no, my Lord, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit and I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Eli says, go in peace. She's blessed to conceive. And she has Samuel, who ends up being a great man of God. Samuel comes and serves in the temple. She ends up giving up Samuel to live there with Eli, fulfilling the promise that she made to the Lord. But she is blessed with five more children after she gives up Samuel. But notice there, she says that I poured out my soul before the Lord. That's the kind of authenticity that we should have in prayer, right? There's no point in having pretense. There's no point in coming before the Lord that knows everything and trying to act like that we've got everything together. Well, God knows better than anybody. Nobody's got everything together. 
right? We pour out our soul to the Lord, and he was tempted in all points as we are. Therefore, he can sustain us and bless us in any trial that we are going through. And I'd also like to just highlight particularly the grief that Hannah was experiencing by not having children, and then the Lord listening to her prayer and granting her children. I know women and couples that struggle with conceiving children. I know you've certainly prayed to the Lord for that blessing, and it may not be according to the Lord's will for him to answer that yet or at all. And there's certainly tremendous encouragement in the Word of God for each of those circumstances. But notice all of these instances. I just want to give you a couple of them here. All of these instances in Scripture where it is specifically attributed to the prayers of the parents that the Lord hearkened to their prayer and didn't just, these are not just people that are medically healthy that were struggling with the timing of having children. These are people in Scripture that are described as being barren, which literally means sterile. Okay, so these are people that physically were unable to have children, but they prayed earnestly unto the Lord, and the Lord opened their womb and were blessed to conceive children. We see this very interesting circumstance in Genesis chapter 20, where Abraham goes to Abimelech's house and he lies that Sarah's his sister. Abimelech doesn't know any different, so he brings Sarah into his room. The Lord stops him from doing anything inappropriate. But then it says that the wombs of the women in Abimelech's house were fast closed up by the Lord, and it was by the prayer of Abraham that he opened their wombs back up. So it was by the prayer of Abraham that the wombs of these women in Abimelech's house were opened up. You know, we certainly know the account of Abraham where he had to wait 25 years. The Lord promised him a child and he had to wait 25 years and the Lord resurrected the womb of Sarah in her old age to be able to conceive children. But then Isaac wasn't married to who was 40 years old and he didn't have a child till he was 60. So he had to wait 20 years himself. You know, many times we only think about Abraham having to wait 25 plus years, but Isaac himself had to wait 20 years. And it says in Genesis chapter 25 and in verse 21 that Isaac entreated the Lord for his barren wife, Rebekah, and the Lord hearkened unto Isaac and she was blessed to conceive. So she was barren. Her husband prayed diligently and fervently for her. The Lord hearkened unto that prayer and he gave them children. Now, certainly no doubt they had prayed many times before that, right? So that's not to diminish that if you haven't had a child that your prayers aren't effectual and fervent. But we never know when that one prayer, that last prayer might be the one that the Lord sees fit to answer. That's why we have to pray according to God's will. But it says specifically that Isaac prayed. He, he didn't just pray. He entreated the Lord for his barren wife and God answered that prayer and blessed her to conceive. We see God answering the prayer of Leah to have children as she was the despised wife of Jacob. Later we see the Lord answering the prayer of Rachel for her to have a son and to have Joseph. We see here the Lord answering the prayer of Hannah when she is barren to have children. We also see the example in the New Testament of Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth, who were biologically too old, similar to Abraham and Sarah, were biologically too old to have children. But the Lord tells Zacharias, I've heard your prayer. So he was still praying for a child. He was still praying for the Lord to bless them to have a child. And guess what? The Lord hearkened unto that prayer. So I believe particularly those that are seeking children, those that have struggled to have children, there's so many examples in Scripture 
where the Lord hearkens unto the prayers of his people in opening the womb. And we see this here with Hannah. She's so burdened, she's so overwhelmed, but it also describes her as pouring out her soul, but it also shows that fervency in prayer is not about audibly praying either right? We've seen that the Pharisee prays publicly, wants people to hear him, wants people to see him so he can have the praise of men. Here, Hannah, she was praying in her heart, but she was moving her lips, which by the way, this is a great example. <laughs> so many times in scripture, when people are so filled up with the Holy Spirit, they look so weird to the world and they even look drunken. You know, she was filled up with the Holy Ghost, but she looked drunk to a man of God, Eli. Now, Eli wasn't living like he was supposed to. He probably wasn't in tune with the Spirit as he should have been at this time. But we think about the apostles on the day of Pentecost. They were so filled up with the Holy Ghost, and the first accusation against them was, man, these men are full of new wine, right? These people look drunk. <laughs> well, they weren't drunk. They were just filled up with the Holy Ghost, right? And when we're filled up with the Holy Ghost, it might look a little odd to the people around us, but that's okay. That's okay. We need to look odd to the world. But Hannah here, she prayed in her heart. She did move her lips and she poured out her soul to the Lord. And I believe that's a great pattern for us as well, to pour out our soul before the Lord. As we kind of make our way through the Old Testament, I want to highlight very quickly this uh, very brief prayer that has become very well known in American Christianity today in First Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 10. The only thing we really know about Jabez is Jabez's prayer, and that's become a very popular thing again in American Christianity today. A lot of picture frames and things that we hang on our wall, the prayer of Jabez, and it's a very good prayer. Very good, fervent prayer by Jabez. First Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 9, Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand may be with me, that thou wouldest keep me from evil and then it may not grieve me. And notice this, the Lord granted him that which he requested. Very soon, we want to talk about the limitations of prayer. Well, many times it says in the New Testament, we have not because we ask not, right? He prayed diligently for this, and the Lord gave him what he requested, right? But notice this prayer, Lord, that you would just bless me. You know, I'm not concerned about material wealth, but Lord, give me what I need. Lord, bless me indeed. Enlarge my coast. Bless my family to grow in a prosperous, healthy way. Bless my business endeavors to be prosperous, that you would keep me from evil and that it may not grieve me. Lord, just protect me, right? This is a very good prayer for us. Lord, just bless us. Lord, bless us today. Keep us from evil. And notice the Lord granted that request. I believe that's a very beneficial prayer for us to pray as well. Making our way to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. This is right after Solomon had this great public prayer. I'd encourage you to go read this as well. Solomon's great public prayer and the dedication of the temple. But then the Lord comes to him privately in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 12. And the Lord says, I've heard your prayer. I've heard your public prayer. But now I'm going to give you some encouragement in private. I've heard thy prayer. 
and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You know, so many people are so concerned about America and our land being healed in America. Well, it's a reality. Just about everyone agrees in history and in society, pretty much everyone agrees that America is now a post-Christian nation. Okay, so we just need to understand that. The times of general morality in the culture as a whole and in government, those times are gone. It is generally agreed that America is a post-Christian nation. And if the church is salt and light in the manner that we're supposed to be, we can have a preserving and a savoring effect in the culture around us. And we need to do that. We have a biblical responsibility to do that. But everyone is all concerned about America. America needs to repent. America needs to repent so our land can be healed. Look, America as a whole is not going to repent. God's not overly concerned about America. He's concerned about his people in America. Now, I'm so thankful that we are the shining light for freedom and liberty here in this world. And in that sense, I believe the Lord has providentially blessed America for a reason. But unfortunately, the church, we've squandered that liberty, okay? So it's not surprising, just like with so many examples in Scripture, when we squander God's blessings, we shouldn't expect for God to keep blessing us in that way. So we've squandered this amazing liberty and freedom that we have, and we haven't been too concerned about the Lord. So this verse is not talking about America. I want you to understand that. This verse is not talking about America. Who's it talking to? If my people, he's talking to the church, he's talking to the children of God in America. If God's children will humble themselves, none of this works without humility. And we are the most prideful nation on the face of the earth. We need to be humbled. We need to seek God's face, but we need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray for the Lord's blessings in our life. We need to pray for repentance. We need to pray for conviction. And if we turn from our wicked ways, if we humble ourselves and we pray and we seek God's face and we repent and we turn from our wicked ways, then God has promised to hear from heaven, give our sin, and will heal their land. God will heal the church. I don't believe that the Lord is, is really going to heal America. Now, America can have a residual blessing by the church being more diligent, by the church being salt and light in the manner that we ought to, but the Lord is not primarily concerned about America. Why? Because there's been a lot of nations that were good for a couple hundred years. There's been a lot of them, but essentially every nation has followed the exact same pattern, even if they started out good. They came a period of corruption, kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall, but guess what? The kingdom of God stands forever. Okay? And America is no different. America is no different than any of these other nations that had their time in the sun. And over time, the culture was corrupted, and God is not going to be mocked. Okay? God's not going to be mocked, and judgment is coming for America. But even in the midst of judgment in America, the church can thrive in the middle of that if we humble ourselves and pray and seek God's face and turn from our wicked ways, okay? Now, what does that look like? What does a prayer of confession and repentance look like? Well, let's go to Daniel chapter 9 and look at this great example of confessing sins and a great example of confession and repentance in prayer. Daniel chapter 9, verse 3. And I set my face unto the Lord to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession 
Now, we're going to read Daniel's prayer here, and it's a fairly long prayer, and we'll probably just have time to read this and to close. But I want you to understand, though, that Daniel put himself in the shoes of having actively disobeyed God, even though himself, Daniel was one of the few people in Scripture that nothing is negative said about, okay? He's one of the few people that lives such a godly life that there's not any negative accusations against Daniel in Scripture. But he felt, and he was burdened and convicted, that as a whole, him being a part of the nation of Israel, as a whole, they had all departed from the Lord. And it'd be very easy for him, like many of us do, it's their problem. It's their problem. They need to repent. They need to repent. Well, you don't know who needs to repent. They probably need to repent too, but you don't know who who needs to repent first? You, from your pride. What's the very first thing for the Lord to heal our land? Humility. It's not pointing the finger at other people. And you know what? Other people may be making much more egregious mistakes than I make, but you know what? I'm just as much of a sinner and just as much of the problem as they are. I need to pray for them if the Lord will burden them to repent, but I need to pray for myself and confess my sins because I'm just as much a part of the problem as they are. And if you're only pointing the finger at other people, we're never going to have any progress until you actually humble yourself and pray and repent, okay? Most likely, the problem is not other people. The problem is probably you. The problem is me. And that's why Daniel, who was a godly man, he didn't point the finger at everybody else. He pointed his finger at himself. He looked in the mirror. Daniel chapter 9. I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession. O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping covenant and mercy to them that loved him. We have sinned. You know, he's not saying they're the problem. He's saying we have sinned. First person pronouns. We have sinned and we have committed iniquity and done wickedly and we have rebelled. Neither have we hearkened unto the servants and the prophets. Oh Lord, righteousness belongs to you. Lord, we've messed up, but you're still righteous. Verse 9, to the Lord our God belongeth mercies and forgiveness. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord to walk in his ways. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore, the curse is poured out upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, because we have sinned against God. You see, Daniel knew the word of God well enough. God laid it all out for him didn't he? Before they went into the land of Canaan, he said, look, if you obey me, you're going to be blessed more than you can imagine. I mean, I can't even tell you how much I'm going to heap blessings on you, but if you disobey me, I will judge you. And Daniel knew the word of God well enough to say, we've sinned and everything the Lord is dishing out on us in this 70 years of captivity and the destruction of Jerusalem, he told us he was going to do all of it if we disobey. We disobeyed, and for some reason, we're expecting God to not keep his word. He said, look, we've earned it. And I tell you, America's earned it. Abortion, gay rights, and all of the ungodliness that's being perpetuated in our culture, we've earned God's judgment. And it's not up to us to point the finger at at all the liberals and make everything political and say, if it wasn't for these people on this wing or that wing, look, we're all in this together, okay? We have sinned. And just like Israel, God told them beforehand, if you disobey, I'm going to judge you and I'm going to judge you harshly. Daniel had enough sense from the word of God to say God said he was going to do it. We disobeyed. And now he's doing as any good father would, keeping his word. He's chastising us exactly like he said he was going to do. Okay. 
I'll tell you, there's a lot of Christians in America that need to be praying Daniel's prayer, not pointing fingers at other people, but praying Daniel's prayer and saying, Lord, we have earned your judgment. But Lord, in the midst of wrath, remember mercy, like Habakkuk prayed in Habakkuk chapter three. Lord, in the midst of wrath, Lord, please remember mercy. Please be merciful unto us. Let's skip down to verse 17. Now therefore, O Lord our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications, and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate. O my God, incline thine ear and hear, Open thine eyes and behold our desolations, the city that is called by thy name. For we have, for we do not present our cup, our supplications before thee for our righteousness, but for thy great. That's a very important thing to remember in prayer, by the way, to come before the Lord and say, we don't deserve anything, but we're just begging for your mercy, right? We know you're righteous in judging us, but Lord, please be merciful unto us. Oh Lord, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, hearken and do not, don't, don't deter for thy own sake and for the city and thy people which are called by thy name. In other words, he's saying, Lord, we deserve everything we're getting, but Lord, for your own sake, for your own glory, Lord, please be merciful unto us. And he says that while he was speaking and praying and confessing his sin and the sin of my people, he says, while I was yet praying, Gabriel appeared unto him and he informed me Verse 22, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. And at the beginning of thy supplication, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. And then he gives him the vision of 70 weeks, which is an amazing prophecy. But I want you to understand the significance of Daniel praying this prayer and God said, as soon as I heard Daniel begin this prayer, I dispatched Gabriel from heaven. I dispatched Gabriel from heaven, and he got there before Daniel was done praying. You don't think the prayers of the saints, especially the prayers of confession of the saints, make a difference in heaven? God said, I heard this prayer of Daniel, and I immediately dispatched Gabriel unto him, and before he was done praying, Gabriel shows up and says, your prayer is answered. I'll tell you, the effectual fervent prayer of repentance and confession of a righteous man. It avails much, doesn't it? So we see the great example of a prayer of confession and repentance of Daniel. And I'll tell you, Christians in America need to familiarize ourselves with the prayer of Daniel because we all need to be praying this prayer of Daniel because we are condemned before God. We are. Not just America, but the church. We're condemned before God because we're not serving the Lord the way that we ought to. And you know, we need to pray and beg, Lord, Lord, you're righteous. Lord, you're merciful. Lord, we deserve nothing but your judgment. But Lord, in the midst of wrath, remember mercy. Lord, for your sake, don't even bless us because of our sake. Lord, bless us for your sake, for your honor, for your name, and for your glory. Hopefully we can consider a few more examples of prayer during our next time on the program. And again, I would encourage you to search these things out. There's so many more we're not going to have time to get to. And as you hopefully are doing your own personal studies on prayer as we're going through this, look at all these other great examples in Scripture of godly men and women praying unto the Lord and the Lord answering their prayer. May God bless you today.
If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your community. To find a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find further contact information, you can visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com. You can also find our program on iTunes under podcast entitled The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Radio Broadcast. If you listen and enjoy our program, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us by email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road, on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. We would love for you to come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We invite you to tune in again next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful the grace of Jesus.